We are going to speed run ranking every single trade of the Brad Tree Living era. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Locked On Flames. I am your host, Nick Zeraris. I want to thank everybody for making Locked On Flames your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. So we are here. It is early August. The Eric Carlson trade finally happened over the weekend. There's not a lot to talk about in the scope of what's going to happen next until something actually does happen, which means if we want something to talk about, we have to go back into the past. We have to look backwards and try and learn from the past. That That's generally how I try and look at these lulls in the NHL when there's not a lot going on in terms of real news. We got to go backwards. We got to look at what's already happened and go from there to really get a good understanding of what might happen going forward. And I was thinking about just where the flames are at, how they got here and trying to kind of put a bow on the Brad tree living era. And that's where I hatched the idea for today's episode, where we are going to go through every single trade of Brad tree living's tenure as general manager of the flames, which started way, way back in April of 2014 and ended in the uh, two months ago. So without further ado, we are going to run right through it. There are a lot of trades in here. There's a lot to discuss. So we're going to try and keep it moving best we can and stay on time. So if you are watching on YouTube, you will have the added benefit of seeing the actual tier list, the visual list of keeping track of everything. If you're listening, I am going to do the best I can to make sure I don't lose anybody in the weeds. I'll be sure to get some visuals of the tier list up. I'll tweet the link where you can make your own tier list after and compare yours to mine. Without further ado, let's get to it. The first trade of the Bradtree Levering era was Brandon Bolig to the Chicago Blackhawks for a third round draft choice. Brandon Bolig was a very solid hockey player for a decent amount of time. For a third-round pick, I think I can say the Flames won that trade. Brandon Bolig was a useful hockey player. It cost them only a third-round pick, and that third-round pick was used on a player who didn't pan out in the NHL. One down, Flames are winning so far. Next up, we have got ourselves a good old-fashioned picks for picks that actually worked out in the Flames' favor. Oliver Chillington, the pick used to take him for two draft picks to the Arizona Coyotes. The two draft picks the Coyotes got, one player did not pan out. The other one, goaltender Aiden Hill, who was the backstop for the the, uh, Vegas Golden Knights when they won the Stanley Cup this past season. But other than that, Aiden Hill has less than 150 career NHL starts. Oliver Chillington coming back this year is going to play a significant role for the Flames. And frankly, is going to have to bear a lot of this load as arguably the best left-handed D on the team once they figure out what they're going to do with Noah Hannafin. So Noah Hannafin, excuse me, Oliver Chillington for Aiden Hill. I'm saying the Flames won. Even though, and we're going to get to it soon, you'll notice there's a lot of goalies on here. For a while there, 
Brad Treeling was really just desperately trying to figure out who he could get to be the backstop for the Flames. The next one, this one, slam dunk, home run win. Dougie Hamilton for a first-round pick and two second-round picks, none of the three picks the Bruins got really turned into anything particularly useful. Jeremy Lozon, the best of the three picks, not a real, any, not an impactful NHL player. Home run. No question about it. Home run, Dougie Hamilton. Next up, this is a good one. This is another home run for the Flames. The Flames traded Sven Barateshi, who, frankly, I do not know, for a second round pick that gave them Rasmus. Anderson, who is one of the best right-handed defensemen in the entire NHL. Easy. Home run every time. Next up, this one, a little more tricky to evaluate. This one, you will say, I will say the Flames won the Curtis Glenn Cross to the Washington Capitals trade because the picks they got for Curtis Glenn Cross, one of them was the second-round pick they used in the trade to get Dougie Hamilton. So you can say the Flames won that one, too. And then this last one, Drew Shore versus Corbin Knight, no winner. Neither player particularly impactful in either landing spot, and we are moving right along here at a decent pace. Now, in the 2015-2016 calendar year, Alex Chason for Patrick Siloff, I'm going to say no winner. Alex Chason, okay hockey player. They didn't give up anything in particular to get him, but not particularly impactful long-term in Calgary. Next up, Brian Elliott for a second-round pick, which turned into Jordan Cairo. Jordan Cairo is a pretty good hockey player. And a third-round pick who turned into somebody who is not in the NHL. So for argument's sake, I'm going to say that this is a no winner. Brian Elliott, a useful NHL starter. But you will notice the next player on this list, goalie Nicholas Backstrom, who people forget about from the Minnesota Wild, for a player, David Jones, who, frankly, I do not remember David Jones. Nicholas Backstrom goes with Brian Elliott into the no-winner category. Next up, after Nicholas Backstrom, Chris Russell for Yuri Yakimpah and Brett Polak. This is a straight salary dump. The Flames did well here. They shed $1.6 million in salary for two players that did not pan out. Next up, this one is interesting. Yuri Hoodler for a second and a fourth round pick. This was a rental for the Florida Panthers where Yuri Hoodler was sent. For Tyler Parsons, who never really turned into anything, and Demetrius Kuzminsis, who never turned into anything. So, frankly, I'm going to say that is a Flames loser. Yuri Hoodler, solid NHL player. And to not get anything in return for him, that's a little it's a little disappointing that you couldn't get even a useful player for him. Next up, this one, a rights trade for a roster player. So the Flames sent Marcus Granlin to the Canucks for Hunter Shinkarik, who Hunter Shinkarik is a player I remember a lot because he had a really good amateur background as a prospect. That's a future assets trade. Neither of those guys turned into anything. You can live with that. Kevin Poulin for future considerations. Future considerations. We're moving through these pretty easily. There are a lot of trades here. Now, this one is funny because this is purely just a favor. The Flames acquiring Dougie Hamilton's brother, Freddie, for a seventh-round pick from the Colorado Avalanche. That is a no-winner. That is purely just doing your boy a solid like when the Blackhawks traded for Caleb Jones because they were acquiring Seth Jones. Next up. We have got ourselves a play, a trade of a AHL player 
for a fourth round pick. This guy's name is Max Reinhardt. He's got one of the funnier headshots of anybody on this list because he's just got a very like 2008 haircut. No winners in that trade. When you are trading an AHL player for a fourth round pick, you are just trying to get rid of something for your guy. Next up, we're moving along in the long line of goalies that the Flames brought in to try and stabilize the position. They traded Keegan Kanzik and a sixth round pick to the Carolina Hurricanes for Eddie Lack at 50% retained. Eddie Lack did not particularly work well in Calgary. Good guy, likable guy, but not really a winner there. They didn't give up a whole lot. You know what? I'll be nice. I'll say no winner because I like Eddie Lack the person. Next up, Travis Hamanick from the New York Islanders for a first-round pick and two second-round picks. The Flames lost that trade 100%. One of those picks turned into Noah Dobson, who is better than Travis Hamanick ever was, frankly. Yes, Tra- yes, Noah Dobson has holes in his game. He's not great defensively. But frankly, anytime you are trading a roster player, you are trading draft picks for a roster player, and one of the draft picks you trade turns into somebody that's better than the roster player you're acquiring, you lost that trade. We now are going to take a quick break, and we are going to talk about our friends at AG1, the daily foundational supplement that supports whole body health. I gave AG1 a try because I was tired of taking multiple supplements, and I wanted a single solution that made me feel better and covered my nutritional bases every single day. I drink AG1 in the morning. I add that to my water right before I have my coffee, get my day going, and it makes me feel ready to attack the day with some enthusiasm. It makes me feel better, frankly. That is really all I need from any supplement I take. All great athletes have one thing in common. They are optimizing their health and taking care of their bodies best they can. LeBron spends a million dollars a year on his body. Contribute a little bit more towards your body. It's why I drink AG1 and why I don't think I can never go back to not taking AG1. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash NHL network. That is drinkag1.com slash NHL network. Check it out today. I want to thank everyone for hanging out today. This episode is purely the fruit of my psychosis because no one else is thinking about this stuff in the middle of the summer. Remember what I just said about Eddie Lack and Brian Elliott and the goalie Nick Backstrom? Well, next up is Mike Smith, who everybody recalls, one in the many of a long line of goalies that did not particularly work well for the Calgary Flames. They traded goaltender Chad Johnson and prospect Brandon Hinkie and a third-round pick to the Arizona Coyotes for Mike Smith. Mike Smith was a multi-year starter in Calgary. I will say that being that they didn't give up a lot, the Flames won. Mike Smith was never great during his time in Calgary, but at the very least, you know, he was better than what they gave up. You can live with that. Next up, Curtis Lazar and Michael Koska go to the Flames for Yuri Yakinpa. I am going to say that the Flames won this trade. I have always liked Curtis Lazar's game. He's a solid bottom six forward. Doesn't do anything particularly well, but isn't atrocious at anything. And that's really all you need from your bottom six guys, as long as they're inexpensive. That That's the goal. Next up, this is an interesting one. Somebody who has been in the Calgary Flames cinematic universe on and off for quite a while now. The Flames acquired Michael Stone for Stuart, a draft pick that eventually got traded to Edmonton and became Stuart Skinner. And Akira Schmidt. 
So not only did the Flames acquire a goalie from the Arizona Coyotes, they traded two draft picks to the Arizona Coyotes in the same calendar league calendar year for two goalies who arguably were better than Mike Smith ultimately was as a flame. I think based on how many times they brought Michael Stone back, you can say that it's a no winner trade because Akira Schmidt and um, Stuart Skinner were not players for the Arizona Coyotes. So effectively you feel like that's a wash. I'm going to say no winner there. This one is purely a prospect for prospect one. Milos Roman to the Calgary Flames for Kim Nusalainen to the Ar- to the Montreal Canadiens. You can see on Nusalainen's headshot here, he's in a in an LA Kings jersey. That's a future assets trade that did not work for either team. Now the second Dougie Hamilton trade, sending him to the Carolina Hurricanes. The Flames, of course, got Noah Hannafin alongside Elias Lindholm. The Carolina Hurricanes got Michael Furland, Dougie Hamilton, and the rights to Adam Fox. I hate to be this guy. I'm sorry, Noah Hannafin and Elias Lindholm. Dougie Hamilton and Adam Fox are two of the 10 best right-handed defensemen in the entire league. You lost the trade, unfortunately. I know you weren't ever going to be able to sign Adam Fox, and I know Dougie Hamilton wasn't going to stay. You had to get something. You did okay. You got a decent return, but Dougie Hamilton and Adam Fox are just too good at their position, and there just aren't a lot of good. And, yes, the Flames do have two really good right-handed defensemen in Rasmus Anderson and Mackenzie Weger, but in my opinion, Fox and Dougie Hamilton are just far and away better, frankly. Okay, this next one. Nick Shore goes to the Flames in return for a seventh-round pick. That is a no-winner. If you are getting traded for a seventh-round pick, you are just getting there as a spare part. Dalton Prout from the New Jersey Devils and the Flames sent them Eddie Lack. I will say that is also a no-winner trade. I didn't put two Eddie Lacks in here purely for continuity purposes to not confuse people. But yeah, I would say that is also a no-winner trade. Last one of the 16-17 calendar year, a seventh-round pick for Tom McCollum, who's got a headshot here that I did not recognize. And, yeah, that is also a future assets trade that did not work for either team. 2018-2019, Oscar Fantenberg for a fourth-round draft selection. That is a no-winner trade. This next one is another AHL for AHL guy. Andrew Nielsen went to the Flames for Morgan Kilmshuk from the Maple Leafs. That is also a no-winner trade. Moving right along. Not a lot of trades in this calendar year. The Flames acquired two AHL players for Brett Kulak, who was at the time an AHL player from the Montreal Canadiens. That is also a no-winner trade. We are powering through because these trades are very uninspiring, low risk, low leverage, and we're moving along. So probably the third segment, we will end up talking about what trades really aged better than others and things of that nature. So moving along here, defenseman Brandon Davidson goes to the San Jose Sharks for future considerations. Future considerations. Next up here. Eric Gustafson for a third-round draft choice from the Chicago Blackhawks. I like Eric Gustafson. He's a good player. I think the Flames would be better off if they had him. If Eric Gustafson was their second-pair lefty and Zadorov was their third-pair lefty and Oliver Chillington was their first-pair lefty going into this upcoming season with Uyghur, Tanev, and Anderson, 
I feel pretty good about that top six defense in all honesty, but they don't have Eric Gustafson anymore. Moving right along, another left-handed defenseman who would probably be pretty solid, even though he's got a similar skill set to um, Nikita Zadorov and that Derek Forbort, who's a very good penalty killer for the Boston Bruins. The Flames got Derek Forbort for a fourth-round draft choice. That's a win. Derek Forbort's a useful hockey player. They just didn't keep him long-term. Now, this one, a salary dump. Michael Froelich to the Buffalo Sabres for a fourth round draft pick, the Flames one. Anytime you can shed salary and not have to attach good assets with it, that's a win. Moving along here, this one, this is an agonizing one. James Neal to the Edmonton Oilers for Milan Lucic and a third round pick. That contract was very bad, but it ended sooner than James Neal's. James Neal was playing in the AHL last year. That's a no-winner trade. Both teams lost. Nobody did well in that trade. Now, we're getting into the home stretch here. We've got two more seasons to go. We got two minutes left in this segment. We'll probably have to squeeze one. We'll probably have to squeeze one of these into the third segment, but we can power through real quick. Sam Bennett as a salary dump with a sixth round draft choice for Emil Heinemann and a second round pick. Sam Bennett has played pretty well in Florida. He's gotten healthy. He's been impactful. He was very good for them in the playoffs. I'm going to say the Flames lost that trade because Sam Bennett would be very useful on the Flames right now. Even if he doesn't really line up with their window of contention, he's a solid hockey player, and he plays in a way that the Flames kind of need. This one is David Riddich for his third-round pick to the Toronto Maple Leafs. No winner in that trade. David Riddich played sparingly for the Leafs down the stretch in that in that season. He, I believe he got in a one playoff game that year because of goal, an injury to someone in front of him. And that third-round pick the Flames had did not turn out into anything yet. Next up, a first and third-round pick to the Flames in exchange for a first-round pick. The Washington Capitals gave up a third-round pick to move up two spots in the draft. The Capitals took Hendricks LaPierre. That draft pick is to be determined. I will be putting Hendricks LaPierre into the future assets category. The last one of the 2020 season and the last one of this segment before we take a quick break. The Flames sent, the, the Flames got, excuse me, the 22nd pick that they subsequently traded to Washington and a third round pick from the New York Rangers. The New York Rangers selected Braden Schneider. Braden Schneider is an... Ascending player is the polite way to describe it. A lot of people are high on him. I'm not. I do not see the puck skills requisite to be an effective defenseman in today's NHL. But to be determined, the Flames got two extra third-round picks for trading down a couple spots. That's good asset management. If you didn't love anybody, you do that every time. You put You put that into the Flames 1 category. That's fine. And... With that, we will move right along here into the third segment of today's episode. We are in the home stretch here. We have two things to finish out. 2021-2022 and 2022-2023 seasons. So, let's get to it. Ryan Carpenter to the Flames for a fifth round pick. Ryan Carpenter is a warm body. No winner in that trade. Michael McNiven, an AHL player. For future considerations, future considerations. Kyle Yarncroft, whose name I mispronounce a lot, unfortunately, even though I know it for some reason, it from the Seattle Kraken for a second, a third, and a seventh round pick. 
I like the trade at the time. I think Yarncroc's a good player. I'm going to say the Flames win that trade relatively convincingly. Michael McNiven going to the Flames for future considerations. Future considerations. And then Tyler Toffoli for Tyler Pitlick, Emil Heinemann, a first-round pick, a fifth-round pick, and a conditional fourth-round pick. Neither... Tyler Pitlick or Emil Heinemann is particularly important. Tyler Pitlick got traded for Eric Carlson the other day, which I forgot Tyler Pitlick was originally in the Tyler Toffoli trade, but the Flames won that trade. Tyler Toffoli is a good player. He ha- he was the best forward on the Flames this past season. He had 34 goals. Tyler Toffoli, Flames definitely won that trade. Nikita Zadorov for a third round pick. Nikita Zadorov plays a lot. The Flames like him, and that third round pick isn't anything yet. So Flames win the trade. We're almost done. Second and third round picks, excuse me, third and sixth round picks to the Flames for a third round pick from the LA Kings. Future assets. Nobody knows what any of those guys are in that trade yet. Tyler Pitlick for a fourth round draft selection. In that case, I will be saying no winners. Actually, you know what? Tyler Pitlick was used in the Tyler Toffoli trade and that fourth round pick, not as useful. That's a win for the Flames. We're almost done. We are almost home free here. We are almost done. So we have to skip the Igor Sharangovich trade because that was not Brad Tree living, but we're almost done. Christians Rubens on March 10th to the Ottawa Senators for future considerations, future considerations. Brett Ritchie and Connor Mackey for Nick Ritchie and Troy Stetcher. Sure, the Flames one. I like Troy Stetcher, the person. That's enough for me. Dryden Hunt for Redeem Sahorna. The Flames won that trade. Dryden Hunt was good in the AHL for them, for the Wranglers on their way to the deep on their playoff run in the Calder Cup playoffs. Now, Sean Monaghan in a straight salary dump to the Montreal Canadiens. The Flames did not get anything in return. They got future considerations and then i'm sorry that the flames lost the matthew kachuk trade it is quite unfortunate and that is what our final scoreboard looks like for those of you watching on youtube truly unfortunate the flames you can see the flames hit home runs a couple times dougie hamilton rasmus anderson great They won a whole bunch of trades, whether it be Oliver Chillington, Michael Froelich, Mike Smith, Eric Gustafson. They won a decent amount of their trades. They lost a handful of trades. They probably lost the single most important trade on this list, which is the Matthew Kachuk for Mackenzie Weger and Jonathan Huberto. But you see, you get an understanding here that there is just so much turnover in the NHL where teams are constantly trading these middle six, bottom six, third pair defensemen, backup goalies, and that's where the roster churn comes from. You see the most players of any column on the board here, if you're watching on YouTube, are in that no-winner category because the vast majority of trades in the NHL don't amount to anything. They're not particularly impactful. They are just fourth-round picks for an 11th forward. They are fifth-round picks for a seventh defenseman. The types of trades that nobody really – that don't really matter in the long, grand scheme of things. Those are the trades that keep the league moving. You see how few big, impactful trades there are. I mean, Brad Tree Living was general manager for eight years, and the biggest trades on this board are Dougie Hamilton twice and Matthew Kachuk. 
Other than that, I don't know if you can say there's a superstar player on this board. If you want to say Rasmus Anderson might be a superstar, I'd listen to your argument in that respect. But I don't know. He's not on Dougie Hamilton's level, and he's clearly not on Matthew Kachuk's level. So maybe Rasmus Anderson can get to that superstar tier. But for all intents and purposes, the purpose of this exercise was to get an understanding of just how much minutia there is throughout the course of an NHL GM's tenure how much of their job is just filling out the bottom five spots on the roster for as little as possible we're talking about guys who get 30 games in the NHL playing eight minutes 10 minutes 11 minutes floating back and forth between the AHL and the NHL that's the vast majority of guys in this league man the average NHL career is like four and a half seasons the vast majority of guys on this board didn't play in the NHL. You see it in that column that says no winner. If you're watching on YouTube, that is the biggest collection of talent. And most of those guys were not anything particularly important. I'm going to close the uh, tab here and pull myself up full screen just to close out. So we don't get, you don't, you don't get distracted. And I did left to right if you're watching on YouTube. So it's easier for you to read. I'll be sure to tweet the screenshot of how I have the tier makers set up. So that way people who aren't watching on YouTube, but want to get an understand, get a visual representation. And yes, I understand a lot of people don't can't recognize a lot of these guys by their faces. Like I can, but that's also because I'm deranged and I care way too much about hockey, frankly, but you'll get an understanding of just the representation. That's the purpose of using the tier maker list for these types of things. It's just to kind of paint a picture. It's like using a graph or a table in a presentation. So there's not just text on a slideshow where you're inundating people and putting them to sleep like a bad college professor. The better college professors are able to articulate using the visuals they have and make it so it's engaging. It's it's grasping. And I'll be sure to get the link out so people can let me know what they think of Brad Tree Living's tenure. And this is what I'll leave you with. I think it's safe to say Brad Tree Living was not atrocious. He was better than average. He won a decent amount of the trades he executed. He was able to get surplus value in a decent amount of trades. The one fatal flaw of his tenure, he did not think forward enough in regards to the return for Matthew Kachuk. You can say, well, he had to do what he could. They were coming off a really good season. Nobody was going to be accepting of them taking draft back just draft picks or prospects and really trying to go for it two or three years from now. Look where the Flames are now. That's what I will say in regards to the people who want to cut Brad a pass for that. I understand he had his he had limitations because of the coach, because of the owner. The team is very obvious in there. We just want to make the playoffs and whatever happens after that happens mindset and why they made the playoffs half of the time that Brad was the GM. They were always just trying to get in. And then anything that happened, happened. So with that, that will just about do it for today's episode. Hope everybody enjoyed themselves. Make sure you are subscribed wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube as well, where you can get that added value of seeing the visuals we are able to cook up here. Jess, we'll see you guys soon. And I might pop back in one more time this week. I'll see you guys then. Drink water. It's hot out there.